Hey, I'm Dr. T, and this is That's Totally Normal, a podcast dedicated to explaining what's happening to your body during puberty. On this episode, sleep. All right, pop quiz. How much sleep should you be getting during puberty? About eight hours, I think. I think 10 is like the best you can get. And like striving for that is good. Eight to nine hours or more. (laughs) Yeah, it's honestly, sleep is so important. Um, I can't stress that enough. The recommended amount of sleep for adolescents is between nine and 11 hours every night. Some people do well with a little more and others with a little less. So not everyone falls exactly within the nine to 12 range. But the only way to really know how much sleep is right for you is to listen to your body. Falling asleep in class, taking two hour naps every day, not performing as well as you might in sports as you usually do. These are all signs that your sleep schedule might need a little more attention. Which brings us to our listener question of the episode. How can I tell if my constant fatigue is normal teen stuff or if it's something more serious? It's difficult for me to answer this question directly, but let's discuss some of the things that might be contributing to this person's fatigue and what we can all do to get a better night's sleep. It's really good for like teenagers and like growing kids to get sleep because when when you're like going through your puberty puberty stage, sleep is the most important thing because your body is growing at the super fast rate. Everybody sleeps. We need sleep. Throughout the body, sleep provides an essential time for our cells to clear out waste, repair any damage suffered throughout the day, and replenish energy storage. This is especially important in our muscles and in other parts of our body that create new cells very quickly, like the skin and the intestines. Within the brain, the cell signaling that happens when we're awake is totally different from the signaling that happens when we're asleep. During the day, our brains are constantly stimulated and experiencing new things. During sleep, our brains are finally allowed the time to process and imprint the things that happen during the day, which is especially important for learning. And one more area that needs sleep is our immune system. During sleep, we're able to more effectively regenerate infection-fighting cells and, in doing so, keep many diseases controlled. In so many ways, sleep is essential for our bodies to regenerate and refuel. For example, think about something you use a lot that runs on a battery. For me, that's my phone. Whenever I use my phone continuously over a long period of time, it gets really hot and the battery life drops. When that happens, I know I need to let it cool down and recharge. And that's what sleep is like for humans. Adolescence is an especially demanding time for sleep. Why? Because you're still growing physically and mentally, which requires energy. Your body is also responding to tons of hormone signaling, and this requires energy too. This means that your cells will need extra time at night to refuel and fix any hiccups that occurred during the day. Now you might feel some months when you need some extra sleep and other months where you don't need as much, and that's totally normal. Puberty is a crazy time of change for our bodies, and your sleep schedule is no exception. Of course, you've probably already experienced this, but sleepy days are going to happen. Whether it's because you were up late finishing an essay, or your dog was barking nonstop, there will be times when you just don't get enough sleep. And that's okay, as long as it doesn't become the norm. 
Sleepy days, every once in a while, don't really have long-term effects on our bodies. However, the more days we deprive our body of the sleep it needs, the more likely we are to experience some bigger health problems. If I get like absolutely no sleep, I'll be cranky and I'll just like not be okay. Sometimes I get like cranky and I'm in a bad mood and I'm and and I think naps also help, but sometimes I don't have time for that. I get in a bad mood. <laughs> Snap at people. Studies have shown that individuals who do not get enough sleep struggle with concentration and critical thinking, often causing problems in school or at work. Competitive athletes can also experience dips in physical fitness when they don't get enough sleep. We even know that for people with seizure disorders, lack of sleep can cause more seizures. Sleep is super important for our brains and for our bodies. Another area that is closely related to sleep is mental health. A symptom of many mental health conditions is sleep problems. For example, people with depression may have difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep, while those with anxiety may suffer from interrupted sleep or insomnia which is the inability to sleep, due to racing thoughts. On the flip side, we also know that poor sleep can cause or worsen mental health conditions. Just one more example of the significance of sleep and its role in our overall health. When I don't go to sleep, like when I go to sleep at like one in the morning consistently for like a week, I end up being really depressed, uh, just drowsiness, fatigue. I mean, I'm, an, I'm also an athlete, so like, I almost have to get a, get good nights of sleep because I won't be able to perform better. But what if you're trying to get more sleep and some things are just beyond your control? Look, I'm not saying school is bad, but quite often school schedules are not made for a growing body. Adolescents are wired to fall asleep later and sleep later, but an early start time can interrupt a good night's sleep. Many school districts across the world are starting to understand this, and there has been a push to start schools later. If you're lucky enough to start school a bit later, enjoy that extra rest. If you're not, trying to get to bed earlier might be your best option. Participating in a school sport, while good for you, can also be something that interrupts sleep schedule. My friends and I, like, were always, like, the type of people to, like, we all had, like, leadership positions. We stayed in school late to help make events. And, like, we kind of, like, normalized not getting sleep, like, between my friends and I. So it's it was always, like, oh, yeah, you're up doing homework, too? Oh, I am, too. Okay, let's study call. And, like, we just sit there for, like, hours on end just doing work. And, like, it'd be, like, oh, 11? You're going to sleep? That's early. Whether it's an early morning practice or a rigorous evening game, sleep can suffer. In these situations, it's best to discuss other training options with the coach. After all, better sleep can mean better physical fitness. Here's the thing about exercise. We know that regular exercise, when it's not done right before bedtime, can actually be beneficial for sleep. It helps with both falling asleep and staying asleep. Other things that you can do throughout the day to improve sleep include keeping naps short, like under 45 minutes, avoiding caffeine, including chocolate, in the afternoon and evenings. Also, if you take any medications and are having a hard time with sleep, consider that they might be the cause. Steroids and ADHD medicines are known to deliver a boost of energy that is rarely needed at nighttime. And if you have concerns that sleep problems might be due to depression or anxiety, 
consider asking a parent or a doctor for help. Treating mental health conditions can improve sleep, as well as other symptoms. And finally, let's talk bedtime. There's a part of your brain called the suprachiasmatic nucleus, or SCN, that plays a big role in sleepiness. In our brains, the SCN is located close to our eyes, which allows it to be sensitive to light, both sunlight and artificial light, and darkness. Based on the amount of light it senses, the SCN is responsible for the feelings like time to wake up and time to go to bed. As it becomes dark outside, the SCN tells our bodies to start to wind down by sending a signal to the part of our bodies that release melatonin. This is a natural process that helps our bodies prepare for sleep. Of course, this system isn't always perfect, but you can help out your SCN by establishing your own bedtime routine. What do you do at night to help prepare your body for sleep? I'll do my homework, read for about 30 minutes, and then fall asleep. I love to make the distinction between like pajamas and like other clothes I would wear at home because it's like those comfy pajamas, especially in the winter, like those fleece. Oh, they're so they're so comfy. And it's just like now I can relax. (laughs) I usually get my pajamas on like or just get ready for bed in general, just like a sweatshirt and or like a ratty T-shirt and just go watch TV or like play video games and then. By like 10, 1030, I'll be like brushing my teeth and going to bed. Um, I don't have like a super elaborate plan. There's something called sleep hygiene that doctors and mental health professionals like to discuss with those who are struggling with sleep. The idea is to prep your body in such a way that promotes the best sleep possible. The first part is to set the mood. Turn off electronics or dim the light to night mode at least one hour before sleep avoid fluorescent or bright lights in the bedroom, and cool the room. Feel free to pile on the blankets, but studies have shown that people sleep best with a cooler environment. The second part of sleep hygiene is to ease your body into a restful state. Take a bath, read, drink an herbal tea like chamomile, and use a relaxing scent like lavender to calm your mind. The key is finding what techniques work best for you and making them a part of your nightly routine. The next episode button is like contagious or something because I'll like I'll be like doing work and then I'll be like, okay, I'm just gonna watch this one episode. And then it turns into like five episodes and I'm like and so it's like you just get sucked into this like Netflix hole and it's not the best. But hold on. Let's get back to that first sleep hygiene tip. Turn off electronics. I'm as guilty as the next person for using my phone in bed, right up to the moment I shut my eyes. But here's why this really matters. Yes, the light produced by phones, TVs, computers, and other electronics can mess with our natural internal clock and melatonin release, but it can also keep our brains active in other ways. I'm talking social media and texting. I thought I was the only one who made that distinction between, like, sleep and, like, going to bed. (laughs) Because it's just, like, it's so easy to just, like, stay up for hours. The point is not to lecture you about what to do with social media and texting. That's your business. But take a minute to think about what happens when you look at social media. Do you see things that make you sad, angry, or excited? If so, studies have shown that experiencing those emotions right before bed can actually make falling asleep more difficult. 
and those notifications and texts, those can also disrupt sleep. Yes, the noise is annoying, but also the mental process of thinking, oh, something happened, I've got to check. So what you do with your phone is your call. Get it? But for your sleep hygiene, consider turning off those notifications while you sleep and saying good night to social media an hour or so before crawling into bed. Now don't worry, if you still struggle with sleep despite perfect sleep hygiene, there are still more medical tips and tricks. So to answer our listener question, how do you know if your fatigue is a normal part of being a teen or something else? Listen to your body, get nine to 11 hours of sleep, and if you're still struggling, tell a parent and see your doctor. Before we go, I wanna thank you all for listening to That's Totally Normal. If you ever have any questions for me, submit them via my website, on Seeker's social media, or write to us at that's totally normal at seeker.com. Remember, everything is completely anonymous, which means we won't use your name on the show. However, if you're really concerned about something going on or think you need medical attention, please talk to a doctor, a parent, or an adult you feel safe talking to. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate it. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. As you've probably noticed, our episodes feature thoughts from various young people. I want to thank Noah, Bogey, Lucy, Matilda, RJ, Maverick, Carolina, Kai, and Rohan for participating in our show. Some of these young volunteers are ambassadors for Amaze. Amaze takes the awkward out of sex ed. Real info in fun, animated videos that give you all the answers you actually want to know about sex, your body, and relationships. Visit amaze.org for videos on puberty, sexual orientation, gender identity, healthy relationships, and more. That's Totally Normal is a podcast created by Seeker and Trax. The show is hosted and written by me, Dr. Tessa Commerce. Emily Feld is our producer. Caroline Roth, Brian Simagala, and Matt Morales are our Seeker producers. Our editor and sound designer is John Ross. Our executive producers are Brett Kushner and Brian Pendergast. Thanks for listening. Support for Tracks comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is Tracks from PRX.